0: Hello, and welcome to Meet the Education Researcher. This is a podcast from the Faculty of Education, Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. Hello, my name's Neil Selwyn, and in this episode of Meet the Education Researcher, I'm talking with Urla Erstadt from the University of Oslo. Ulla is one of the leading researchers in the area of media education and digital literacy, and he's written widely on how young people learn outside of school. So in this conversation, we cover Ulla's interest in informal learning and what role schools can still play in the 21st century. And we also talk about the role of literacy's research and his interest in early childhood. But first off, I wanted to know how Ulla had ended up working in the area of media education.
1: My background is within education and uh, I started out to become an educational psychologist really, but uh, I had an interest in media. This was in the 1980s. An interest in media and I was in a group uh, of young people who dealt with film uh, a lot. Uh, So I wrote a master thesis on uh, film and audiovisual culture and how education deals with that. But I had a problem of finding a supervisor. Nobody wanted to supervise me within education. They didn't see a relevance of media within education. There were established fields. So I changed field uh, totally and became a research fellow within media and communication studies, Mm -hmm. which was interdisciplinary. I was working with sociologists, psychologists, uh, literature people, and so forth, which was very stimulating for me. But there I had a focus on media education. So that's really my background, uh, working on media education uh, as a topic. I worked outside of academia for some while in the telecom industry on users of the future, mobile technology and so forth. Uh, And then I became head of a research unit uh, national uh, following implementation of technology in Norwegian schools for eight years and then I came back to the department I once left uh, to bring in some more perspectives on uh, reflections on technology.
0: So you're the perfect interdisciplinary researcher that's worked in industry, worked in universities, if we could all be like you.
1: Yeah, well in a way it's been interesting and rewarding for myself and I sort of have never had a, a clear cut career and one issue i've been changing on the way because it's stimulating and i'm open to influence from other people and things
0: but you say you've never had an issue but i mean is there an underlying kind of kernel to what you're doing i mean what essentially is your work looking at
1: yeah i mean basically it's always been around the relationship between education and the system of education and media culture Mm. so that's been transcending throughout my whole career what this relationship consists of what's the challenges uh, and all always also a focus on students mostly I've been working on teacher with teachers and uh, also on um, school leaders um and so forth. But it's been mainly been targeting young kids and how they experience education yeah. and media culture.
0: But it's interesting you slipped from students to young kids because I mean there's, there's two very different sides of the same coin. Yes. And, I mean you're interested in this difference between what kids are doing informally and what they're doing formally in schools. I mean we're always being told that schools are out of date and are lacking relevance to what students are doing outside. I mean is that really still the case in 2020?
1: No, not really. It depends, of course, uh, both on the teachers, the levels, uh, and so forth. But I think most teachers are quite aware of this bridging and linking, and many of them are very experienced. Uh, what we found in our research is that they really the young people who are young teachers who are mostly insecure about how to handle this, because it's a challenge all, often in classrooms. In my own research, it's grown on me in a way, so this insight. So I started with many projects in school, uh, working on technology implementation. Uh, I was very involved in digital competence as a concept and how that came into Norwegian curriculum around 2005, 6 And I did studies in outside communities, gaming and so forth. But it struck me what this linkage or uh, informal and formal what we call informal and formal are is experienced by young people because they are the ones who travel between the what we call formal in schools in institutional learning and the informal, uh, which is very unclear uh, what it is really.
0: Well, you say the informal is in- unclear, but you've done a lot of research on how young people do learn in informal context. I mean, what learning is actually taking place when you play on a sports team or a video game or have a meal with your family?
1: Yeah, that's been interesting for us to, to follow. So we've had two large scale ethnographic uh, projects where we follow young people. We start in school spend eight months, get to build trust and understand some of the students. And we pick out some that we find interesting, high achievers, low achievers, boys and girls, and follow them into the community to really look at how they experience different kinds of activities they're involved in. They very seldom call them learning activities. That's something we put on it. Um, But then also get them also to document their own activities. And we've been finding that... What we can call non-formal activities, which is organized by adults often, uh, like sports, uh, scouts, uh, chess playing uh, communities and so forth, have a very close link to performance in school. Uh, So uh, many of... The kids, they were talking about how they use sports to become better at performance. And they use that insight also to perform in specific subjects in schools. Mm. And some even write up plans for how to perform in math or language and so forth. But there are a lot of other communities that uh, um, uh, we found out, both online, uh, like... um, being fascinated by Harry Potter and that kind of fan fiction, yeah, uh, yeah. kind of thing that we also found. But also physical com- uh, spaces in the communities we followed, that was very important. So ethnic community centers, Tamil, Turkish, uh, Vietnamese and so forth, which were also engaged in learning and school-like kind of activities, and they build on that experiences in school. But in school and the teachers we followed, they had no idea yeah. about the kids' out, uh, outdoor uh, everyday uh, life.
0: So You seem to be describing a situation where the young person is having to take that expertise into school. I mean, is there a way for teachers or schools to kind of capture what's going on? Is there a kind of institutional response?
1: Yeah, well, I, I would say there are three things that we found in our uh, research. Uh, so the first project we had were focusing on young people. The second project... Called knowledge in motion focused both on uh, students but also on teachers so what came out from that was partly that um, uh, teachers uh, all of them were very engaged in trying to develop learning environments that engaged students and used their everyday uh, experiences and resources in different ways so one issue was about learning identities and ways of positioning themselves as learners the mm. students and how teachers have different kinds of insight uh, on the background of students. So for some uh, teachers, this was really rewarding and they knew what the strengths and weaknesses of students were uh, from their everyday life, social economic background and so forth, but others have no idea. Yeah. Uh, the other element was where they would try to have projects in school where you move into communities to museums uh, and so forth and take advantage of resources in the community. Uh, but from our view, the students have a real problem of connecting this to knowledge building or knowledge development for themselves. It was fun, but we were very uncertain what kind of learning experience this really represented. And the third aspect was more on in-classroom interactions in learning activities, how teachers tried to draw on everyday experience of students. Uh, They defined it as very important, but the students had real problems in uh, decoding what the teacher were really trying to do, yeah, referencing: yeah. Uh, Have you been in the forest? Have you discussed uh, about uh, environmental issues and so forth?
0: So the students were suspicious.
1: Yes, in a way, they they thought it was a game the teacher were playing and <laughs> trying to crack what their everyday experiences were. Yeah. So um, it was it was not developing themselves as as learners as such. Uh, it became very school like.
0: Yeah, and there is something about school, isn't there? So, I mean, one of the criticisms is that as, sco- as soon as schools try to do anything which is not kind of very formal, the, the magic, or it just suddenly loses its allure. There's something about school that sucks the life out.
1: Of it. Exactly. And we found a lot, we did home visits and interview with parents also, and school is dominating uh, many of these young people's lives uh, through uh, extracurricular activities uh, in their uh, after-school mm. Um but also the way their parents talk about school and the importance of education. And we followed age groups from preschoolers to starting school, what it represents to start school, 10th graders who choose either academic or vocational, and when they a- end their schooling at the age of 18, 19.
0: So maybe we just need to rebrand schools and reinvent them. I'm quite actually quite interested that your work does lend itself to thinking about how schools might be different. So I mean, what insights have you gained in that respect? If you're in charge, what would schools be like?
1: <laughs> That's a tricky question and uh, challenging. We, we've had some discussions about that and I think schools are important. Uh, If you go back to 100 years and Dewey and all those, they thematized some of these issues at that time. So for us, it's been important to try to challenge some of the educational research in our times, which focus very much on school as a system per se, uh, and performance and so forth, that learning is much more and try to unpack uh, how young people experience learning uh, in different settings. So I think still school has a very uh, important social function. It's where kids meet Mm -hmm. and discuss, and the teachers are really important to try to challenge everyday experience and so forth. But we're very bound up by the institutional boundaries of a school as a building uh, and a classroom as a space. Uh, And this networking ways of thinking around learning and school, where school is not the only place, but museums, uh, other kind of spaces in communities can be taken advantage much more. And the way we use technology to support that.
0: So This idea of connected learning, for example. In a way,
1: in a sense, yes. Uh, But also more physical that uh, the kids can uh, move out and... and, um, experience other kind of learning activities than this decontextual setting in school.
0: So, I mean, moving on to another area that you're quite well known for, I mean, you've worked a lot in this area of digital literacies, new literacies, multi-literacies. I mean, to what extent do these these literacies approaches offer a kind of basis for rethinking learning and what is learned?
1: Well, my interest, and it's been there almost from the beginning, and I was attracted by the new literacy uh, movement, and it's focused mainly on practices, how literacy is seen within certain kind of practices, what learning and uh, uh, reading and writing is uh, all about. Um, but also an understanding of contexts and mm. cultural contexts, the diversity of how these practices plays out. And the third thing is also related to the power structure, uh, structures around learning and learning activities. There is always uh, power uh, involved between the people involved, uh, what kind of activities are defined as learning activities and so forth. So seeing that kind of power element in it has also been important. And digital literacies, I started with media literacies and I connect to that much more because it says something about media culture more in broad. And we use the concept of uh, competence because we don't have the same word literacy in Norwegian. But more and more it's become skills. So it's focusing on certain kind of performance skills than seeing sort of the more complex picture of competence or whatever you call it.
0: And I'm interested that you've actually been involved in the kind of 21st century skills area as well, which to me kind of doesn't really fit that broader definition. So, I mean, what's your take on 21st century skills?
1: No, it's been the same for me So, I got involved in this partly because I'm trying to write about media literacy, digital literacies, digital competence. And it started out as a very international uh, group of people that were brought together to try to define some uh, ways around. Uh, 21st century skills. It was a term that has been used for, for some time, but trying to point out some elements in the transformations of education and future competences. Uh, so my interest was also this broader, uh, where are we moving? How do can we perceive uh, our education system in 30, 40 years, and what competences uh, we need to develop within education system? That also builds on sort of the competences in a digital culture. But more and more, that term has also become focused on skills and measurements. And now the frameworks have been developed um, in a very strange way, in my view, and narrowing it down to certain kind of skills.
0: Yeah, yeah. So again, we need to rebrand that, I guess. Yes. I mean, I'm also interested in the way that you've actually moved recently into this area of early childhood, which is a fascinating space to play in. So I mean, what's distinct about the digital practices of very young children in early childhood settings?
1: Yeah, well, that's been interesting to go into. I'm I'm not coming from early childhood research myself, But it's uh, so we've had a European network uh, around these issues, a new handbook that came out uh, recently. And it's really to focus on how technology enters life from a very early age. And it's been going lower and lower in age groups in, in recent years through the mobile technologies and the iPads and so forth. So to understand what impacts or implications that might have in family life, in kindergartens uh, and so forth. And that's been my interest to try to problematize what this is really all about. So it's some aspect of this is related to touch and the way of tactile kind of intera- uh, interactivity interfaces um, before you even read or write yourself or learn Uh, letters uh, so kids can play apps and so forth and learn about things but also do things for fun but also the element of play and learning, which is more distinct in uh, the early years of how you you engage in activities where you learn something uh, and play around technology. But
0: it's such a fast-changing area. I mean, you read a lot about toddlers with iPads, but you also hear about the Internet of Toys. I mean, there's a lot to explore here.
1: Yeah, and there are real challenges, and we don't really understand the implications of this yet. And it's coming forcefully on families, and they feel they are expected to buy technology and uh, give resources to their uh, kids to be able to learn from an early age and i'm very critical in the way commercial aspects of this is influencing the developments but also the massiveness of how technology is part of young kids lives
0: absolutely and i mean finally what's on the horizon i mean are there any ideas that are just bubbling in the back of your mind that you're going to be interested in five years time i mean where are you going next
1: well it's related to the concept learning lives that we've been developing in our research and how we can take that uh, forward in the ways we explore how young people experience learning uh, as a broad definition of the term Uh, but also maybe try to develop research which uh, looks at the interface between health and psychological stress among young people at these times uh, and relate to media culture people, and also educational researchers uh, and try to develop methodologies also that way we can grasp more of the experiences of young people using technology, but also broader understanding of their learning experiences.
0: And also pushing back maybe against the kind of medicalization of screen time and other moral panics around digital culture.
1: Exactly. Because at the moment it's very defined by certain people who have strong voices, but have background within medicine or other fields than education or, or media and research, really.
0: Well, you're going to have your hands full. That sounds like a hell of a lot to be getting on with, but I mean, fantastic. I mean, thanks ever so much for taking the time on It's been fascinating to hear about your research. Good Thank luck you. in the future.
1: Thank you very much.